the show everybody welcome back to the show this one was fun i love this movie cute movie i've been i've been waiting to do it for a while a return to classic disney on our podcast we love classic i think our last classic disney we did was bed knobs and broomsticks with darren oh yeah that was a fun one that was indeed a fun one well everybody out there listening my name's pete and i'm scott and and these are are the the movies movies that that made us gay Well, Scott, would you like to talk about what we watched and who we got on our show today? We watched the original Parent Trap, released June 21st, 1961, directed by David Swift, with our friend of the pod, Rufino Kabang. (laughs) Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah, yeah. Kabang. Kabang. I love that. It's onomatopoetic. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan. Awesome. Well, this movie... Who the parent trap? So this was one of those movies that when it was on TV when I was a kid, it was it was straight up like cancel your afternoon plans. The fucking parent trap is on, and you're watching all two and a half hours of it. Yeah, I don't think it's two and a half hours, but it's up there though. Two oh eight, I think, something like that. Those old those old Disney movies. Yeah, they were they were long, leisurely paced, but just like a standby of my childhood. Yeah, and the Disney Channel. mm Hmm. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit, Rufino, why don't you talk a little bit about when you first saw this movie and, and the impact it had on you? Sure. Well, I, I'm so happy to talk about this movie because it, it epitomizes in so many great ways um, a movie that made me gay. <laughs> I was a really little kid. My siblings are all 10, 11, 12 years older than I am. Mm. So, so my cultural literacy is like behind by a few years. 
Right. And they had a, we had a movie book and I saw a picture of Haley Mills and Haley Mills in their, <laughs> in their cabin in a black and white picture in a movie book. And I thought, I don't know what this is. I don't know who this is, but I want this in my life. And I was a little kid and I was a sissy Filipino obese with a lateral lisp kid who, whom I now love, who I've grown to love because there's no yeah. place for self-loathing in, yeah. this, in a caring world. Yeah. But I, we weren't, we couldn't summon movies like we can now, not even like in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like them. In the seventies um, I had to wait. And so I got the scholastic book novelization. Like we have those. And yeah, I it. got, I saw other Haley Mills movies on TV. My sister who, knew my story way, well before I did. So I'd watched <laughs> this movie. It was called The Chalk Garden with Haley Mills, and I fell in love with her. Um, so anyway, it finally aired on Wonderful World of Disney. And I yeah. think in like maybe two parts, so it's edited. Mm-hmm. But I taped it on my dad's Betamax recorder in the <laughs> 70s and watched it over and over. And it, it was, it's, it's my Rocky Horror. I, I would yell along <laughs> with it, the, the words. The, anyway, so that's, and Haley Mills has always been a, a big thing for me when I was like eight or nine, we had to do a spotlight thing in class. And I, I remember saying my favorite actress is Haley Mills and nobody knew who that was <laughs> because my literacy was 10 years, you know, right. previous. Um, so that's what brings me here to be so happy. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's very amazing. sweet. I love that. And wasn't there just something when you were a kid that was just so fascinating about identical twins? Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Just like fascinated, and you just were jealous. You wanted, mm-hmm. you longed to have an identical twin. I don't know what it is about when we're kids. We just want that kind of. It seems wow. magical to someone mm-hmm. who isn't a twin, and also for me, again, uh, I always wanted to be something I really wasn't. So that could be James Bond or Lee Majors or Haley Mills, right? And she was this charming blonde <laughs> Brit, and there were two of her. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be that, you know. <laughs> that Haley Mills voice, that beautiful Haley Mills voice. So I've kind of noticed in this performance, I think that she tried to do sort of a California accent. And then midway through, she just drops both of them and she's just talking like Haley Mills. Yeah. Um, on the featurettes, she talks about working with a dialogue coach and said she, she, um, she did it with varying degrees of success yeah she knows mm-hmm. that but but she's so charming it kind of for me anyway right I, it's, I mean i think it's kind of the same like when you watch what is it that darn cat yeah yeah i feel like the accent work is you know but again it was that time not again we haven't talked about it but i mean it was that time that early 60s you know mid 60s time in film where kind of actors just spoke in that mid-atlantic kind of lilt you know Mm -hmm. that cary grant like are they british are they playing american it's just a a sophisticated way of of speaking or it's like an angela lansbury thing that actresses like her moved to america Mm -hmm. during the war and they just kept up with that very proper way of speaking yeah and in some scenes the degree of her british accent popping out Sounds no more British to me than classic Betty Davis. It's that yeah. weird, you know, mid-Atlantic thing with just, I guess, sounded good on microphones or something I read that they, <laughs> they kept it going. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But hey, it works. It works in, in movies. So when The Parent Trap came along, Haley Mills was just doing her second film in a series of six that she did for Disney because she had just done Pollyanna the year before. And that won her the last junior Oscar that they gave out. Haley Mills won it for Pollyanna, and she's the last young actor to receive that. I think they should bring that Oscar back. <laughs> they they need to bring it back. But yeah, she did The Parent Trap, and I found something out interesting in my research for this movie. And it would have been around the production time for this movie that Stanley Kubrick approached her parents to be in the movie Lolita. Yes. And her dad said no. What? And I would imagine that probably... They probably had to turn it down because she was in a contract with Disney at the time. And something tells me that Walt would not approve her doing Lolita with Kubrick. But I just thought that was interesting. My sister Julie told me that. And, and uh, again, she educated me on so many things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, I've heard that as well. And I almost feel like they styled. Who's, who was in the original Lolita? Sue Lyons. I almost feel like they styled her after Haley Mills in this movie. Those bangs. Yeah. Interesting. She's sort of wearing the Haley Mills wig from the from the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Well, that's her real hair in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on this wig that they've got her yeah. in the rest of the movie. I know. <laughs> it so, gets real frizzy. Yes. I don't have a big history with this movie, uh, I have to admit. Um, I remember seeing it on television as a kid. We got Disney Channel, and it was a huge deal. When we got it and my sister and I and my cousins would come over a lot and we would just watch everything that was on the Disney Channel nonstop. And I remember watching this with the family and everybody sitting around and me just sitting there in front of the TV watching and the movies just going on. Everybody's quiet. I'm just sitting there and I just blurted out. That's a wig. (laughs) Wig. (laughs) And my dad going, why do you say that? And I'm like, look at it. It's a wig. I was like, you can't see any of her head. And just like, you know, explaining to the family why I felt that, you know, the short version was was more wiggy. And they were just like, okay. And then I, everybody stopped talking again and we, we finished the movie. And her, and then, her real hair is so, it's smooth and silky looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then even when she's cutting her hair in that scene... The the wig that they're cutting is really frizzy and dr- and like straw. Yes, and thank God they gave her a wig to cut and didn't just say like, "Well, let's just do some cuts with your real hair because we're cutting it anyway." Because they probably you know left it long. I feel like that hairstyle that she has when it's longer, um, that's kind of like her Miss Bliss hair. Yeah, it's kind of like adult Haley Mills hair. Yeah, like she's stuck with that shape. Um, for a long time, but yeah, that's that's. I don't remember a lot of the of the the movie and beats of it. I just remember that particular moment and kind of when my dad asked me, like, "What are you talking about? Why do you think that?" and kind of explaining it. And then after everybody got quiet again, thinking, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't have said anything about the wig." <laughs> <laughs> and that's really all that stuck with me um, about it. I have serious questions about the premise oh of yeah this, movie. this premise is bananas <laughs> these parents are horrible people it's like a sophie's choice situation it i, I could really is do it how do you decide which one you're going to keep how do you and how do you decide that you are going to separate your infant children and not allow them to know that they have a sibling what was the plan i want to see like a cut scene like a 
prologue with the judge at like a family court hearing going over this case. Yeah. Especially well, I'm, both parents seem loving. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, well, I've, maybe at the time, a judge just probably asked the dad, like, what do you think? You cool with this? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, you're the dad. You're the husband. So <laughs> whatever you want's cool with me. Because that's probably how the <laughs> family uh, family court systems worked. And, for uh, for uh, my own reasons, I would probably go with either parent for very different reasons. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's get down to it. These people are loaded. Yeah. <laughs> there's old money. There's ranch money. Yeah. There's Boston society money. Like, oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. The, that's kind of like this era of movies. The the protagonists have to be independently wealthy so that they're aspirational yep. and you want to watch them. Nobody wants to watch, you know. People living in squalor. You don't want to see, like, w- one of the other twins have to go back to this, like, sad bachelor apartment. Yeah. You want, like, the yeah. you want the cool ranch house. Yes. Right. And and can I say that th- that's something that I am more willing to accept in a movie like The OG Parent Trap compared to the 98 version. I, I, I can suspend my disbelief and love the wealthy <laughs> people in an old movie. But casual wealth in something contemporary seems vulgar sure. to me. So I, I yes. that's one of the things I feel about. Yeah. Or just treating that uh how old is uh Lindsay? She's eleven, that the Natasha Richardson character was able to ascend to this like Vera Wang uh like status. wedding dress status in just a matter of a decade. Yeah. There must have been a you know, a breakthrough safety pin dress for her or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or a gypsy curse, maybe. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, that was one of the things when we were watching the the Lindsay version. I was just kind of asking Scott. I was like, "So, wait, are they rich in this too? Like, there's going to be maids and butlers in this one as well? Because there's Verbena, you know, in in our version. I I love I love the maid characters. I love Verbena. I love um. Well, I like the dad situation better than uh is it Maureen O'Hara? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, her 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 mansion is fabulous, but are we are we to kind of understand that she just lives she, in her parents? She just lives with her mom and dad. And that's their money? She's a single woman. I think it's it yeah, I do think it's like old money because the first thing you hear the grandmother talking about is philanthropy and putting yeah. together that piano concert and everything in their own ballroom so i think you just if your marriage doesn't work out you just go home to your your wing of that mansion yes. right, <laughs> right and while that looks like a lovely mansion it's a little bit more uptight for my taste so yeah i think the dad his situation this ranch like spanish style villa. oh my god <laughs> We can talk about the ranch later when we get to that portion of the movie. <laughs> this ranch that's almost like a crazy sitcom house that I don't really know the floor plan of this house because the outside doesn't quite match the inside. But I'm loving what's going on, though. I love it. And we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have a few things. We'll get into it. Yeah. We should probably say this is based on a German book called Lottie and Lisa. And there are two previous adaptions to this movie prior to 1961. Once, uh, the first one is called Twice Upon, T- 
Twice Upon a Time from 1951, and the other is a movie from Germany called Two Times Lottie from 1950. Thought that was interesting. So it was already an an old hat property that was already working the rounds in movies before the Disney company picked it up in the late 50s. Yeah, and and, and I don't know if you caught any... um, I read when I was researching yesterday that Bill... Uh, I want to say Bill Dover. I don't want to get it wrong, but he was the story editor for Disney, and he mm-hmm. he just found that story and said to Disney, to Walt Disney, "Look at this." And yeah, that was like, oh, this is perfect for this Haley. This is very important <laughs> for us. We can, we can cart out one of our kids to be the lead in the movie, and it seems like at first they were only going to be using the twin photography for just a handful of shots. Right. But then they just sort of got cocky with it and they used it a lot. Yes. And it's, it, I was just listening to another podcast of your, another episode of yours. Mm-hmm. And I think Jackie beat was talking about the importance of practical effects and stuff yes. like mm-hmm. that. And, and I feel the same way about older style special effects. Like, when yeah. I look at it in an older movie, I don't think, oh, that's so fake. I look yeah. at, look at the trouble they did to do this. <laughs> so when I see like the, the fight in the, in the cafeteria, yeah. and yes, you can clearly see they've edited. So there's one person here, one person there. But I love the fact that that was done. Yeah. And it's spectacular. I and to see the- her together with herself mm-hmm. is spectacular to me. Yeah, those shots where both of them are clearly in the shot with each other, I think are pretty effective. But I also live for the Haley Mills stand-in shots. Yes. Uh, we can kind of see her face. Susan Henning. Because there's some <laughs> shots that you're like, oh, yeah, that's the double. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, hey, they got it. That mm-hmm. girl, like. I, I mean, you have to be looking for it. Yes. She's got a passing resemblance to Haley Mills. I'm not I'm not mad at who they picked. She's in the featurettes on my on my. Uh, Two disc, Cues. two movie collection of the Parent Trap, and Love she it. talks about. Um, she points out Susan Henning Shuta. She talks about the scenes where you can see her face, and they. <laughs> it's really fun. She's I great. love that. Well, I mean, isn't the situation that uh, she was uncredited in the movie? Correct. Right. Yeah. But again, that's something that goes back to this old style of filmmaking when, you know, the cast list would only really list major characters the principal principals leads. you know so yep. a lot of people are uncredited in movies from this era it's just kind of it's not as thorough as it is now we just expect every single you know background actor to have a credit on, sc- on it's screen. not like an imdb list exactly now, which yeah. is pages yeah speaking of imdb um well this is actually from wikipedia our other source of of unfaltering truth uh there was a japanese version in 1951 oh wow yeah uh hibari's lullaby and then after the disney version there were several bollywood versions this premise lands this premise lends itself to a bollywood adaptation yeah there were like three or four different bollywood versions in the 60s and up to the 70s i think there's a let's get together number done in bollywood oh yeah um, i would love that yeah um i love the uh annette funicello like little you know vocal cameos in this movie yes mm-hmm. i love the opening stop motion animation yeah, i think it's sequence. pretty cool it is it's so charming it is, and it's so indicative of that time. Yes, yeah. yes. And I was so curious watching it because another thing is when I watched it and t- recorded it on Betamax, mm-hmm. that was 
on Wonderful World of Disney, and they didn't have the um, the full opening credits. It was always right. the Disney credit, the TV mm-hmm. show credit. So until I saw this on my disc that I got a few years ago, I did, I'd never seen that stop motion opening, and I didn't know what John and Marsha was. But there's a it, there was a, co- a classic comedy routine by Stan Freeberg, this comedian, um, where he did John and Marsha characters, and I guess that was a pretty much in vogue thing for a few years, and that's why they threw them into the beginning. Um, oh, that's so interesting! I didn't yeah. even know that either. I just thought you may have were... heard it. It's this comic yeah. routine where uh, it's music, and he's saying John Marsha, John, and he keeps in doing different um, readings of those two words, so you get a romance. Okay. And, and lovemaking and everything. Sure. So that's why they threw that into I that's into the opening. That's so funny. That's something that you just if without context, you're just like, oh okay, this is just a cute yeah. little <laughs> But like, wasn't it Mitch and uh, Maggie who, who Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So these and, opening but in the his and hers also I guess that was a working title at one point. Okay. Th- yeah, that that works. That's a good title. Which is why those those uh, the dressing rooms of those mm-hmm. two beach figures, the, the, because, yeah, the beach cabanas. Yeah. I think that this movie shot under "We Belong Together." I think that was the working title of the movie before they settled on the Parent Trap. Good title, also. So these opening summer camp scenes shot at Bluff Lake Camp around Big Bear, and this is um, uh, Camp Inch. Camp Inch. Miss Inch owns this camp? I don't know. After her? (laughs) Why not? She's another rich benefactress, I suppose. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They're all over the place. (laughs) The Dowager Inch. Um, (laughs) I I love that actress. Uh, Her voice, her delivery, she's so funny. I always remember her from the birds. Tippi Hedren goes to buy these songbirds from her at a pet shop. That's right. Lovebirds. Lovebirds. The lovebirds, right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, Miss Inch is amazing. And also iconic lesbian <laughs> that Mi- follows her around. Miss Hathaway? Yeah. Miss Hathaway from the Beverly Hillbillies. Nancy Culp, right. Mm-hmm. She is fantastic. And, I mean, she's really kind of butching it up in this in this yeah. role. It's a small role, but right. she's really like she's, I mean. <laughs> she does archetypal gym teacher yes. energy yes. vibe thing here. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I don't know if you you notice the three of them when they're at that tribunal, maybe we'll get that later, you mm-hmm. know, of, of the two girls handing out the punishment. There's a third woman at that table and her face is so sour. They have these character faces <laughs> that are brilliant. <laughs> and I don't know who that actress was. <laughs> I love that. I'll have to, I'll, I'll keep my eye out for that next time we watch it. But love all the summer camp scenes. I remember when this when the summer camp in Big Bear went up for sale, and guest and friend of the pod on the show, Moran Clausen, we wanted to like research into buying the summer camp. <laughs> we were curious of how much it was going for. I think it was like I think it was like five million dollars or something. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that seems like a a deal. At I that know. time, it was owned by the Pasadena Boys and Girls Club when they shot this movie. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Now how? Did either of you ever go to a sleepaway camp? I did. I did. You did. It wasn't quite like this movie, but it was pretty similar, though. But the one that I went to is maybe a week long. But these are those very specific types of East Coast summer camps that go on for, like, months. Right. It's like rich New Yorkers and stuff just drop their kids off for the summer and then 
just go off to the Hamptons. And I totally, that was another thing for me as a little kid looking at this glamorous little girl who mm-hmm. goes to this camp for what is it like six weeks or eight weeks or something. <laughs> and as a kid, now I grew up in Laguna beach was not, you know, it, it, it's not the projects, but yeah. we were Filipinos in Laguna beach. We didn't do the things the other white kids did, which was yeah. like <laughs> ski vacations right. and summer camps. We didn't do that. And so that was so exotic to me. And I just longed to go to it. But of course, I probably wanted to be at a summer camp with a bunch of other girls. And make right. Sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never did a sleepaway camp. And I feel like if I did, I, like you said, I would have just felt out of place with, with the boys at first and probably would have taken a, a, a while to kind of, to kind of fit in. But um, it is exotic, especially for West Coast mm-hmm. kids yeah. to watch this in, in movies like this. And just any movie that where the kids go off to summer camp and you're just like, that seems so cool. Yeah. But um, these are really fun scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that when they do first meet each other and the other campers are just like, get a load of her. Yeah. If I was one of these camp counselors <laughs> or like Miss Inch, I would just be like, okay, girls. We have to figure this shit out. Like, like what the hell is going what on? What the hell is going on? Because you two are the exact same person. <laughs> like, nobody just, like, stepped in. It was just like, I'm just going to at least call your mom. <laughs> you just got to suspend that disbelief. It's disbelief, I mean, right. Yeah. And there's a moment <laughs> as a little kid, because I was always such a fuss budget, <laughs> uh, when her friend when she says you know you're the spitting spitting image of you know who and then she says frankenstein i yeah. always wanted to yell out you mean frankenstein's monster right because <laughs> frankenstein would be pretty bad but that's i think you mean frankenstein's monster the monster <laughs> and meanwhile we're just like bitch it's your profile too yeah <laughs> so burn yeah that's my thing i'm like oh wow big burn i look like frankenstein well so do you, you look the same um so the mischief that they cause in the summer camp. Just like this is like the jackass portion of the movie. <laughs> camp pranks. They're crazy pranks, but the punishments on the one hand, it's like, oh wow, okay, they they have a private cabin away from the other campers. Not that bad. But on the other hand, it does suck because they can't even like interact with the other campers like at lunch. They just have to hang out with each other. And they initially don't clearly don't like yeah. it. Or at least at least Susan makes no, you know, effort to be nice. Yeah. That seems Sharon like did very, at the beginning, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, she did. That seems like a very old school punishment of like you two hate each other, so you're gonna spend every waking minute with each other at this <laughs> camp. That's like a like a punishment that like a fifties grandma would give you. Yeah. Right. Like she says, like Miss Inch says, let the punishment fit the crime. <laughs> Um, okay, so the big. But can point... they? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, just just talking about the 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 mischief they get into. Are mm-hmm. all the girls on Ambien? What is going on? Because how can you sleep through all that? And how does Vicky sleep through it in the, in the remake? You know yeah. all that. There, there's a lot. It's just like <laughs> that's how... a lot the, to sleep through. The shit that they do to this cabin. It's like it would take more than three. People yeah, it's pretty out of control. Night. It's gonna it's gonna take you a good portion of the night. Yeah. And these girls know, like, Rube Goldberg physics. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. These are crazy machines. Um, When the one uh, – I 
I'm never going to get their names correct, uh, who's who. But when- Sharon and Susan. Sharon is the East Coast Bostonite, and Susan is the one from California, right? Yes. So Sharon, Sharon McKendrick and Susan Evers. So Sharon cuts a big hole in Susan's dress. <laughs> It's pretty funny. So, Pete, did you know the cute boy that um, Susan is out on the patio with? He is a Muppeteer. He's Gonzo. Yeah. You're kidding. Mm -hmm. It's the voice of Gonzo and Boomer from Fraggle Rock. It's Dave Gold, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is he still alive? He is. Awesome. I think that he still does um, Muppet work and voice for Fraggle Rock, I think. That is so cute. Yeah, again, he's uncredited, but uh, he he's the only boy camper that has any lines. So deducing that has got to be him because it's like the only th- thing that's listed is like b- boy camper, but it's not even on the AMD. It's not in the movie proper. It's like, you know, listed everywhere else. Yeah, it's, if it's Wilfred, that's it. Yes, I believe it is listed as Wilfred. Mm-hmm. This was the part of the movie that when I see school or uh, not school dance, like this dance scene, I just think about how wild the 60s were, that this was 1961 and just how th- pop culture and fashion changed at the end of the 60s because all these extras just look so period. It's like it's a completely different decade from like 1969. Right. It It is. It's it, it's that revolution yeah well mm-hmm. that early in the 60s 1961 the fashion may as well be 50s fashion yeah yeah and these girls are wearing these like cocktail dresses and the boys are wearing suits to a to a summer camp dance you know and it's like if this was like the 70s or like well i guess little darlings was 1980 so that's not a good one because that's like a full 20 years later but by the time Little Darlings comes around, these kids are in, like, cut-off jeans. And, like, Smoking. And, like, half T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We have a book of, you know, we have several books of, of Disney, like, early Disney, early yeah. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And when you see all the, the people, the tourists, they all look really nice. And yes. Because nobody wore T-shirts as, oh, as yeah. outerwear back then, as, you know, streetwear back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was always collared. and. Yeah. You know, skirts and things like that. Or even jeans, just, you know. Even jeans, yeah. yeah. Dungarees. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's so charming, though, because they all do look really cute, even mm-hmm. though they're little kids in these, like, formal, like, outfits. Um, it is a, it is a fun scene. And that's, again, another Annette. That's Annette. And it's the guy from Babes and Toilet. Tommy Sams. Because I think Sands, that they yeah. recorded it as they were making Babes and Toilet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're singing it. At the dance, they're yeah. singing... Um, the big song. Was it right. Let's Get Together? Written by the Sherman Brothers, and I believe this was the first collaboration the Sherman Brothers did with Disney. Yeah. And they would have a long relationship with them for the next relationship. 12 years or so. Um, this is that... pre Mary Poppins? Yes, it was. Yeah. Jeez mm-hmm. Louise. Yeah, this is 61, I believe. Mary Poppins was 65. what, 60, 65? 65, I think, yeah. Wow. That bitch slap that Susan gives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That there Susan are some slaps her? in this movie, some loud ones. Holy shit. Yeah, there are some good slaps. Yeah. I mean, this was a good one, but the slap later on in the movie, that one really makes me grasp my pearls. That one scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Because her she's ferocious. Susan walking up to Sharon and just slapping her in the face. It it just like it rivals just like the like the Betty Davis slap from uh what's the what's the follow up to 
to whatever happened to Baby Jane. Hush, hush, or hush, hush, sweet, sweet Charlotte. Charlotte, and that movie has an insane movie slap too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dramatic. But I mean, we we got to pump up the drama to get these two like to get these two isolated from the other campers. We do get the really fun, um, you know, fight, like physical fight at the dance where Miss Inch going full cat fight pulls yes. the like giant layer cake because <laughs> everyone knows school dances just are uh camp dances just have a layered cake yeah <laughs> why not it's like a potluck it appears yeah <laughs> a large one yeah this cake that miss inch pulls off the table what does she put what does it get stuck on like a it's uh, the beak of the 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 like totem pole. Yeah. Bird. Okay. It's a totem pole. I was like, was it like a rhino? Like something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, they ultimately have to get separated, isolated. When the, you know, they ha- kind of have their little moment where they see eye to eye for the first time, you know, with the wind blowing and all the, you know, who is, is it Bobby Sherman? Ricky Nelson. It's Ricky, Ricky Nelson. Nelson. Ricky Nelson. I feel like Sharon would know who Ricky Nelson is. Sharon is not from like the sticks. Yeah, I not. think that she would know who Ricky Nelson if was. If you've ever had one of those friends who clearly doesn't know what's going on, I kind of <laughs> understand that. Like I can see that happening. Yeah. I was trying to note some of the hunks on the wall. I saw it was Ricky Nelson. I think Elvis was there. There's probably Ed Kooky Burns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also crazy. Sharon also, I'm pretty sure, at least in our household, and God knows their school situation because apparently they never actually go to a, a school, um, is probably sheltered in her environment and only knows classical music. I have a feeling. Yeah, sure. that makes sense. She does have the more stuffy upbringing. She's got that grandma to, to deal with. Yeah. Who's probably just... Just horrifying. Yeah, just <laughs> such a pain. Grandma just doesn't let mom get a word in edgewise. <laughs> or her husband. Or, oh, my yeah. God help the grandpa. <laughs> He's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So that they finally figure it out that they've been gooped by their parents. And they figure out they're going to switch places. Although I feel like they sort of have the upper round in this situation that they can they can sort of make the demands as soon as they leave camp. I feel like they're making this way too complicated. <laughs> These are, are hormonal hijinks, probably. But yeah. I do I, – I would love to point out that for me, that scene where – and David Swift talks about it, how Haley Mills was able to get the emotional impact of that discovery scene, which makes you, which drives the whole reality of what they're feeling. Sure. When she shows her that picture of Maureen O'Hare, mm-hmm. I burst into tears every time. No yeah. problem with that. And the music swells. And Sharon clearly takes emotional control because Susan is clearly devastated. And the way Sharon says, it's my mother. And then, as Susan collapses, Sharon just gingerly walks out of the room and says, um, lunch. I don't understand. What are you doing with her picture? It's my mother. But it's my mother, too. Mm-hmm. 
lunch. And and sort of kind of <laughs> gently takes control of the situation. And I love that. And that to me was one of Haley Mills' more uh, visible talents was in the quiet moments. Yes. She convey a lot in that scene. She's not just being a cutesy child actor in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She got it. She's conveying some real emotion in that moment. I love the 8x10 glamour shot of Maureen O'Hara, though, that she pulls out. I just carry this full-size sheet of paper photograph of my mother. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, you <laughs> know, perhaps it was a picture taken for the uh, yeah, the wall of donors at the Red Cross. There Who you knows? go. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, I'm thinking, like, as this is going on, I'm thinking, why don't they just sit on the steps at the last day of camp next to each other and when their parents roll up just say like hey what the hell we figured it out but guess what the parents don't show up they're so damn rich that they send the shelf chauffeurs yeah exactly some driver comes to get you stains or stains or whatever yeah yeah so before before we leave the camp section of the movie i just want to give a shout out to that child that is trying to bring home a caged skunk (laughs) i want to know the circumstances that she got this skunk that she like did she somehow make it not sprayer like is the skunk like is it scent glands fixed is she like she's like best friends with this goddamn skunk that she yeah did she uh you know deep Spray it or whatever. And does she look familiar to you? Oh. Um, is it one of the Sound of Music girls? Well, the is thing is... To, what's that? Is it a Cartwright? Is, yeah, I was going to say, is I, it I know, Cartwright? Really, I, I love the Cartwrights. <laughs> but she... Uh, another another gay Hall of Famer is the right? Cartwrights. Yeah. Um, but she looks a lot like... So I looked it up online. Unfortunately, she is uncredited. Like you said, many of these actors are. She looks a lot like Marvel Ann from the Trouble with Angels franchise. Oh, sure. Marvel Ann. She looks okay. a lot like her. And I Probably. And it could be her because, you know, a lot of those actors and actresses, they were known in a pool. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went from movie to movie. Oh, and yeah. If she, if she was in a Haley Mills movie, she could be in a Haley Mills movie again. Oh, yeah, totally. Completely. And I don't think Trouble with Angels was Disney. Because Haley did that in the later half of the 60s. That was probably like Columbia or something. Yeah. She was breaking. That was when after she broke away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she got she procured a cage. It's not just that she found a skunk and was just like, I'm going to feed it. And this is going to be my camp friend. She found a cage, like coaxed it in there, has been, you know, and nobody, none of the counselors are just like, get that damn thing out of here. They're all just walking around her. Yeah. I don't know what this moment's going to be. Is she going to have to tearfully let it out of the cage into the woods and say goodbyes? Or or is she going to have crazy adventures bringing this home with her? (laughs) I don't know. Was that going to break off into another franchise? Exactly. I was going to say that could just be a whole other movie that we, you know, that we're not seeing. That darn skunk. (laughs) Starring Marvel Ann. Um (laughs) <laughs> but for we follow well we get a cute scene of them or a couple of like a montage of mm-hmm. them kind of training each other on you know you have to bite your nails you have to you know you have to say conch shant and aunt mm-hmm. <laughs> because of her bostonian you know tony accent and all that i like those scenes those are very cute i do too like 
there's a there are a couple there are actually a lot of moments in this movie where I couldn't understand what's being said. So until I got the DVD, which has the mm. subtitles, yeah, I finally saw at one point Susan coaching Sharon to be Susan at the at the table. First of all, Sharon as Susan waving that hot dog is a weird thing to me. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a weird bit of business. Like a like a anyway, but yeah. She's a little girl, so I don't want to say anything, but. Also, um, Susan coaching her is, she says, also flat A's. You must somehow summon all your A's as flat. And I could not understand that, but it makes sense. She had to say, eh, eh, eh. Right. But I didn't sure. know what that meant was on yeah. That a. West Coast delivery. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's, pro- I mean, you probably, and at least these girls probably did take diction classes so they knew how to express that as you know a flat a or instead of saying like i don't know i would probably say a hard a right exactly right, or something like that but yeah i'd never heard flat a until this movie so we follow sharon home first. should we talk about first the maureen o'hara section and then the brian keith section yeah because that's yeah that's just, where we go first right that's pretty much how yeah that's the order i believe yeah the o yeah so, yeah, Maureen O'Hara, uh, she had been working a lot in Hollywood. Her uh, big screen partner at the time, she made a lot of movies with John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, Maureen O'Hara is beautiful in this movie. Oh, my gosh. She's like Hera. Mm-hmm. She's just a <laughs> goddess. Yeah. Lifelong Republican. I, that's what I had always heard about Maureen O'Hara. That she was very active in the in the Republican Party, but being a Republican at that time in Hollywood was not that unusual. Also meant it very, was very common. Then. Yeah, yeah, it was very different. Definitely. Uh, then as it is now. Now was she like Irish? Irish? Like from Ireland? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. I believe so. Yeah, I believe she. Yeah. She, she was I- Ireland's first superstar, is what I read. So I was reading that Maureen O'Hara wrote in her memoirs that Disney offered her a third of her normal fee of $75,000. So um, she only – but then she she held out and she got her full pay. So she got like her normal pay of $75,000. And O'Hara said her contract gave her top billing, but Disney decided to give it to Mills. Which I think was the wiser option because I think it would be very unusual to see Marina O'Hara top build in this movie when she's not one of the twins. And I guess that caused tensions with the studio and it's why she never worked with Disney again. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. First and only collaboration. Mm-hmm. She's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing some good work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like all this stuff when she's back at the, you know, at the ranch and she's and she's just kind of she's being flirty with the dad. Or I like those scenes. It turns kind of kitchen. into a screwball comedy. Yeah. 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 They're a very sexy couple. Oh, yeah. I get Definitely. that they're sexy. Yeah. I kind of think it's a missed opportunity that John Wayne wasn't in this movie because I think it would have worked. I'm wondering if he was. Was he much? Was he significantly older than Brian Keith would have been? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably was. But even Brian Keith is giving major John Wayne oh, yeah. delivery in this movie. Like full Marlboro Man. Yes. <laughs> and and if, if you may indulge me, Brian Keith in this movie, for me, 
made me gay as well. <laughs> He's very sexy in that sort of old man in a 1960s movie sort of way. Yes. And I'm always drawn to that kind of solid, I think all men are different types are beautiful, but mm-hmm. I've always been drawn to that classic Marlboro man type. He's guy's guy. He yeah. looks like the cartoon of Hercules, the profile of his <laughs> head. And yeah. I remember we watched it in high school. It's like make my friends watch it all the time with me, even in high school. And one of my friends, a, a straight guy, uh, uh, pointed out when he's in his jeans and that denim. Yeah. My friend Robin says, "Look at him. He looks good." I said, like, "You're telling me." <laughs> I'm the one who wants him. He was just beautiful. He's undressing for the shower. It's like you can't do this to a little kid. I love his his denim ranch uh, outfits. Pretty hot. What is his Jeep that he drives? I mean, it's you're just, a car guy. Do you know? Wrangler. Do you know what he drives? The Jeep. Yeah. Why don't I remember the Jeep? It's it's just in one it's just in one scene with him and his like ranch hand guy, and um, they're. He's sitting in it. It has no top. The windshield is folded flat down towards the hood. And um, the the ranch hand guy gets in it, and then they drive away. I can't so believe I missed it, but it's probably like an international. Yeah. Like, like the international travel, all, all those. Yeah. Like it has no doors. And yeah, like I said, the, the windshield folds flat. And it's got... A holster for like a rifle, like mm-hmm. attached to the outside of it. So it's clearly like for hunting or something. Yeah. <laughs> or, or something. Well, it's clearly for hunting. He's got enough so, grounds where he can just go hunting on, in his own home. Yeah, yeah. But um, we should talk about the townhouse. We talked a little bit about the, the grandparents, Maureen O'Hare's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, when, uh, so now this is. Susan pretending to be Sharon. Yes. Right? Back in Boston. She's pulling it off. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I think that the grandparents do know something is off. Well, they hate the hair. They hate the hair. She gives grandma this, like, popsicle birdcage. Which is really cute. I want... So mm-hmm. cute. I love the popsicle birdcage. Adorable. <laughs> It would take forever to make, too, but... Um, Did she yeah, eat all those good. popsicles? Did yeah. she canvas all her friends there? Can you give me your popsicles? They, yeah, they probably just put them in a bowl. <laughs> um, but yeah, for like everybody's commenting on the hair. Your grandma's going to hate it. What did Meanwhile, you do? grandma pretty much has this haircut. Yep. And I learned a word from grandma because I could not understand it. She says, hoidenish, which apparently is a, a Dutch or Danish-derived der- word meaning tomboyish. Oh, okay. I yeah. That ju- I just must have glossed right over that. But yeah, she just she just said like, "Are you a boy or a girl?" It's like your hair is the exact same length. <laughs> but you know, she's an older woman. Women of a certain age at that era didn't have long hair. Right. Elder older women cut their hair. Yeah, absolutely. Well, white women, I should say. Right. White women, it was a different story. And <laughs> but, even that weird, not weird, but that tradition in in the South that's depicted in Steel Magnolia is at one point, Shelby has to cut her hair because it's that time. <laughs> yeah. An old Southern woman, yeah, wears funny hats and likes to dig in the dirt. Right. <laughs> um, she has some sweet scenes with yeah. uh, Maureen O'Hara where she's sort of getting subtle information about her marriage and her husband. And you just kind of think like they had never talked about this before with her and uh, Sharon. Like this had never just come up. 
Right. Because it seems like it's the first time this conversation has been happening. I'm, I would have, I assume in my, my disbelief or belief that Sharon was probably raised to be too genteel to dig into something sure. personal of a parent. Yeah. Um, I also, I just want to point out when, when Susan says to her, my goodness, you're beautiful. I burst into tears then too. Anyway. <laughs> she is beautiful. It's a, it's touching though because she's, she's really, really just like, you're my mother who I never met. You are stunning. Yeah. yeah. I've only seen the picture, the black and white picture. Do they do they go into what their respective parents have told them? Like, does Susan, like, we don't know what the dad told No. Susan. We don't know what the mom told Sharon about where her father is. Maybe she just told Sharon he left. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Because they never said like, "Well, I thought she was dead." Like they just <laughs> right. Yeah, they never they never approach, and and we don't really get a clear idea of why mm-hmm. they broke up either. Yeah, it's kind of nebulous, and I'm wondering. Well, we kind of do because they do bicker a lot. So they do bicker a lot. Yes, <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. I'm also wondering if this is probably the first Disney movie that ever even mentioned divorce. Divorce, sure. Yeah, yep. that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just like a movie that revolved around divorce for the time. Right. Because I, I take it that whenever divorce would come up in a comedy or anything, it would have been very specific. Yeah. Screwball comedies dealt with mm-hmm. it, but this kind of mainstream com- family comedy is. So they they take a yeah. walk in this park, in this fake park, and it's iconic. So this is one of those the scenes treadmill, that treadmill walk. when I would watch it when I was a kid, you wouldn't think a lot about it just because you're watching it on an old tube TV. It was usually just on just afternoon cable or something. And just the image quality, you wouldn't really see just how beautiful and artificial it is. But now we have like 4K, 55-inch flat screen TVs, and you're like, holy shit. Like it's almost so – artificial that it's kind of cool i agree the artifice yeah. to me is is stunning and particularly when it cuts to the overhead shot that's real yes mm-hmm. <laughs> even that transition to me is breathtaking yeah for yeah. Some reason yeah this process this type of process shot um was they didn't use blue screens or green screens at the time that wasn't the technology that they had because those use video uh this was all done on film cameras and uh at the time disney had their own special effects in-house people and they developed this process and they used this crazy kind of uh they call it like a sodium uh screen process and they do this thing where you're in front of this screen and they put this like wall of yellow smoke and it's literally yellow smoke behind you that's made with some kind of like sodium process and that's they're essentially the the green screen that they develop and then they're able to drop it in and it was way more successful than any of the other studios Mm -hmm. at the time it looked better than any other studios special effects and so alfred hitchcock went to disney when he was making the birds when he was making the birds and asked them to borrow that process to superimpose Tippy Hedron on a boat. 
Wow. You know, with birds flying at her and all that stuff. And because he thought that it was the most successful use of kind of superimposing one image onto the other. And it was something that they had developed. I mean, now it's like special effects houses are independent and they're, they're farmed out and all that stuff. But at the time it wasn't like that. They just had to figure out how are we going to make this happen with our resources? And they, they, they came up with this really crazy process. And when you look it up, that's on the birds DVD special features. And that, I'm sure it's on YouTube, but it's a really crazy, weird, like movie magic. It's it almost, like, it's crazy. And when you watch doing. it on a nice TV now, there's something very dreamlike about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Cause it's not a projection and it's not, like I said, the green screen, sometimes you get that blue halo around people you know, none of that's there. It's mm-hmm. just so it's successful and it's it's charming. It's really charming, and and I think the dreamlike quality is also enhanced by the fact that it looks like they're not traveling at the same rate that their yes. steps might indicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they're on a treadmill as well. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of moving sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great, and it's kind of like there's that overhead shot. So they were. They shot that, so why didn't they just do it? Yeah, were those stand-ins <laughs> or? It's, pro- yeah, they're it's just good. sort of holdovers of what you traditionally would do when making movies in Hollywood. That you would just do just everything indoors. Yeah, it's easier, yeah. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was more controlled. Control. I finally looked it up. She yeah. did her own singing. That was her voice. I finally looked it up. Love Haley? it. Um. Uh. Well, hi, Haley. Yes, definitely. Um. But Maureen O'Hara, when she sings for now, for always during the walk. Oh, that's right. It's actually her voice. She was oh, a singer okay. that people forget that she actually did sing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always get really annoyed when uh, Susan tries to recreate that song over the phone. I'm just like, bitch, like it is not as good as when Maureen O'Hara is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you've got some important things to discuss here, girl. Right. <laughs> um, we should get to we should get to the ranch. Okay, this, so let's unpack this ranch this set. Compound. So I figured out last night for the first time <laughs> that the entire thing is fake. Like it's all a build. It's not like oh, we found a house that we're going to use for the exteriors, and then we're going to do it all inside on a set. The entire outside is also a set. It so is? That's just the amount of detail that they put into this movie. I'm pretty sure when I was looking it up on IMDb, I think the whole thing is a build. It's elaborate. Yeah. And it's stunning. I, and- s- I still don't understand this deck that it looks like a pool, but it's just a pond. Are you talking about the pool pond? <laughs> I'm obsessed yes. with the pool pond. That's insane. Like, they just built a deck over the earth. I mean, every deck is over the earth. Well, but like, <laughs> do you think that that deck is made of cement or wood no, underneath? It, uh, you mean in, in reality? or In, in reality. reality. Well. I, because I'm just thinking of, of the logistics of them building that deck. Do you think that they would have to empty out the pond? No. I don't know how I, I don't know how one would have one could go about constructing. Because how that. would you lay that cement then? I don't know. It's kind of it's just random observations that I have now when seeing that scene. Just because it's so cool to see a like a pool built into the side of a pond. Yeah, and I think for the the effect that I'm left with is well, Mitch is rich enough that he said I'd like to make that lake my swimming pool. So. Yeah. 
he had people build a yeah a whole deck in yeah that's <laughs> area um the fabulous cars mm-hmm. <laughs> we briefly discussed the jeep but love the jeep mm-hmm. um okay so the house itself it's like an indoor outdoor situation right it seems like the walls are just open to the elements i almost thought that it was i always thought it was a spanish style house that is uh the courtyard in the middle but it you can see on the other side so it's like a horseshoe shape yeah i don't know if you had ever ever been to the restaurant when it used to have one here a don cuco in glendale and it was a two-story and there was a courtyard and it it looked like that it was it was a mexican style and with the courtyard the inner courtyard and we also had a restaurant in laguna beach called tortilla flat uh, that had the mm-hmm. same setup, but that house is actually bigger than either of these restaurants I've been oh. into, <laughs> and it looks like they could just embrace a whole ecosystem in that courtyard. Yeah, the stone wall situation inside is really cool. Just Beautiful. all of the details on that stonework. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just thinking like, well, they must not get a lot of rain wherever this ranch is because half the house is just. Open, like, open. I mean, it's. I guess it's California. Yeah, like it heavily rains, like not that often here. Yeah, maybe maybe a week. But then again, like I said earlier, this is one of those Golden Girls style houses that I want to see a floor plan of this. Like I want to <laughs> see where all the rooms are at because I can't really get a good feel of when they go upstairs, what it looks like, yeah. how the downstairs looks, like yeah. how is that in relation to the kitchen. I want to see these floor plans. And I'm entranced by the decor. It's mid-century and Mexican, Mission, Spanish, and I think it's beautiful. Especially yeah, it's for cool. somebody my age, that's what it was like my ideal would have been. Oh, yeah. Just stunning. Yeah, the kitchen was great. It has that cool kind of um, uh, uh, stovetop situation that, like, it was the – I don't know if it's, like, stainless steel or whatever, but yeah. it, like, pulls out, like, the – yeah. I don't even know what kind of ovens those are, but it's, those were very modern at the time. Yeah. Um, there's a point where a, a couple of characters are around like a a kitchen table or like a, a butcher block or an island or something. They're clearly in the kitchen and right in the middle of the table is just a big old ashtray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> Love it. And might I add at that time, Ashtrays, especially art glass oh, ashtrays, yes. were everywhere. Even my parents, who were oh. vehemently against smoking, mm-hmm. had them. It was a thing. The art glass just... ashtrays? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, my grandmother had a big orange one. She had a green one. Yeah, I loved them. The green um, one? We all, Every other house had a green one. Yeah, yeah. We have the green one in our living room. It matched the glass grapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about his bathroom. The master it's a, bathroom. It's a cool bathroom. <laughs> I like the tub and shower situation here. That also, spa tub at a is time, crazy. the spa tub, but also the glass in that shower, very contemporary for 1961. That would have been a very cool bathroom for that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's an implication of that where for me, where I just kept thinking, well, I could see Brian Keith naked in there. Exactly. <laughs> if you were just casually walking down the hallway and just sort of like scooched your head a little bit into the bathroom, you could totally see him showering. 
I always have a weird false memory of that. I almost think that there's going to be a moment where they both get in the shower together. Like they're, I don't know. Like they both like meet each other in the bathroom and they manage to have the, what are you doing here when they're naked in the bathroom? But it doesn't come up. I always think it's like going to be in the movie somewhere. But it's not <laughs> like a casino Royale moment or yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, okay, we need to discuss Vicky. Joanna Barnes, kind of fierce in this movie. Love her so much. Mm -hmm. Her hair situation. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not quite a beehive. It's like big. It's tall. It's blown out. I I mean, I love it. I love it. It's, It's like if you took one of... Marilyn Monroe's later hairstyles and added maybe a bumpet inside it. Yeah. And just yeah. kind of piled it up more. The, those that that kind of curl. It kind of looks like Julianne Moore's hair from a single man. Oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just big barrel curls in the top. But like the sides just go straight up. It's almost like Bride of Frankenstein, just the the height. There's so much height that comes yeah. up from like her ears all the way up. Um, Jane Mansfield needs to do a, a wig styling of James Mansfield. Uh, James Mansfield needs to do a, a wig styling of Joanna Barnes's hair in this movie. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. But um, I mean, she's playing your classic like she's going to send the daughter off to a Swiss boarding school and then just steal all of his money. Mm-hmm. First change I make in that household after she goes to a boarding school in Switzerland. Um, <laughs> and I like that mo- her mom is totally on board with this. Her mom is like, mm-hmm. like her mom is like a uh, co-consp- like she is like conspiring with her. <laughs> Joanna Barnes scenes when uh, they showed it on the TV. I didn't get a lot of those until I saw it later in life and saw all the scenes with her in them. She's really good. Mm-hmm. I think she's yeah. really effective. She plays wicked stepmother, stepmother or girlfriend really well. Mm-hmm. And I have this fantasy casting thing where I do alternate universe, alternate universe castings. And I think at another time in history, it could have been Sharon Stone or uh, sure. Claudia Christian. Or Ooh, um, Christian. You know, there are a few that it's not to diminish what it is to, to a type, but it's an archetype that is so classic and so powerful. That, Elaine uh, Hendricks plays Elaine, her in the that, 98 that's what one it's leading to. And she's really good. Elaine Hendricks is perfect. I forgot to, that's what I was leading to. Yes. <laughs> I love that when we were watching a little bit of the 98 one before the recording, she doesn't look all that mismatched with Dennis Quaid. I don't know. It's age, just like Dennis wise. Quaid is like in his early 40s. She looks around 30, and I'm just like, yeah. They look pretty normal next to each other. Like, there's nothing scandalous about them. Well, and the thing about this version is that all the characters play up the age difference, you know, between between the characters. And but even for, you know, uh, an actress in the early 60s or just a woman of the early 60s for being in her later 20s, um, she, you know people looked a little bit more mature than they do. Yeah. Now. So mm-hmm. we almost don't even see. They also always wore pancake makeup that I think. Yes. You. yes. And just a few years earlier, she, you know, she was Gloria and anti mame. And then all of a sudden she's this supposed to be like, you know, a young girl, but to me, she's a woman 
she's as a yeah. little kid. That's a grown woman. Oh, that is a grown woman. And she's, yeah, her her styling and even the way she's carrying herself in the character. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because she's not playing it like, you know, like a young girl who's just no. like, you know, she's playing it like a gold digger, but not like a dumb dumb young blonde she's right her choices are really really good and she is evil and terrifying yeah <laughs> kathleen nesbitt who plays her mother is delivering camp perfection <laughs> just those weird kind of cat skills line readings she's hilarious looking yeah. like she's just going to a funeral at one point when they bring the priest over yeah. dressed in all black and she has a veil and I do think that was a thing of the time of of being in mourning for years, or you'd always show that you were a widow, probably because yes. you know, I'm Mrs. Robinson. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what we're saying. It's like she is in mourning. For yeah, someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Innocence. Okay, so we should we should speed it up here because uh... so. The cat's out of the bag with um, Susan over in Boston. They figure out what the situation is, and they're going to reunite the daughters with each other and the parents because they have not seen each other in 13 years. Uh, Maureen O'Hara and um, Haley Mills are going to go to California. Yes. I like that when she's leaving the house, her dad is just like, so... Is that what you're going to wear? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that's going to be what you're going to wear to meet your hot ex-husband. <laughs> it's it's very, yeah, there's, and there's a lot of fun with that idea of getting Maureen O'Hara to play dress up for us, for the audience. And she gets, yeah. a, and, she, and she gets a makeover halfway through. Cause when she gets out of that car, when she gets out of that taxi cab, she is like this vision in this fierce green dress. Yeah. She has this cute haircut. Yeah. That green mm-hmm. and the, all the collars that are kind of low and they show off that hourglass of hers. She's, she's in it to win it at this point. Yeah. Game. She's pretty fierce. <laughs> Cause I do think that, yeah, she, is also thinking maybe I can take him back. Yeah. Like mama's still got it. <laughs> well, she has that point where she talks about, well, later on she talks about, she talks about all the plastic surgery she went through. Yes. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's just kind of glossed over. Yeah. And I think that we like, like gasped out loud at yeah. that line and just how they just sort of skip over it. Right. Like, was she that desperate to fit to fit a mold for somebody. Yeah. Really she says like 16 plastic surgery. Yeah. And, and, and God a help facial you. reconstruction. And this yeah. was like the late fifties when she got them. So those plastic surgeries would have been pretty gnarly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what the hell they were doing to your face back then? Crazy. But that's just something, you know, w- again, with these older movies that, like you said, they didn't have like the rewatchability. So pe- they weren't expecting people to just like, nitpick over every <laughs> line like we're doing right now right. you know you watch it it's fun you saw you it in the theater talk- you maybe got it on a re-release and you caught it on the magical world of walt disney when yeah. they re-ran it in like 1970 <laughs> and i squealed with delight yes <laughs> but um when you know when she does get back to california i mean all hell doesn't break loose quite yet, but there's some really fun stuff. All of the little screwball stuff with Mitch where she punches him in the eye and then she tries to, 
like look at his eye and the priest walks in thinking that they're like messing around. Those are mm-hmm. cute scenes. I like the fact that they're alluding to sexual behavior in a Disney film. Mm-hmm. You know, it it yeah. looks like we, and she says, like we what? You know, <laughs> and he covers her legs. All this stuff that's sex, yeah. the bra, the bra oh, yeah. bathroom. There's a lot of stuff that I would not think a 1961 Disney movie would indicate. Yeah, I kind of like that this um, that this reverend isn't playing it overly stuffy. Like he's kind of into it. Like he thinks it's kind of hot. I don't know. He's darling. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's so fun. It's kind of funny how he plays all those moments. Yeah. When Maureen O'Hara stuffs the mother in the car, and j- <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she's just like her whole body is mm-hmm. in the car with her, like telling her all this stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness and just definitely i like how she plays those scenes where she's gonna kill them with kindness yeah she knows yeah. that yeah. this girlfriend will hate her even more if she's just very very nice to her while while injecting those little little notes of oh just charge it to good old mitch he's loaded he's loaded you know <laughs> and then when she says you know oh i didn't really know oh didn't you oh no yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's How could you awesome <laughs> yeah and then also this car that they drive away in yeah. yes that giant one. steering wheel that's a beautiful that, car that joanna barnes is commanding when she drives out of that driveway <laughs> this huge like 1960 steering wheel on this car yeah it's a lincoln it's got that that canted windscreen in the back in the back yeah. so it like tilts backwards it's wild it's yeah. beautiful none of them in, with seat belts no, <laughs> of course not. Um, we got to get to the next camping scene. Well, they do their little date oh, at the Marcharelli's. Date. Yeah. So they they sort of um, they get all of the housekeepers and uh, Hecky, the ranch hand, and the ranch hand to kind of help them set up this date. And this is where we get some cute twin sing along stuff on the piano and the. And the guitar. And as a kid, I always thought that song was so dumb, but God help me if I don't always sing that song to myself once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's really catchy. It is. It's a catchy little tune. (laughs) And did did they just write this, like, the night before? No, we heard it at the dance. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, but there's another. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. They wrote it the night before. I know. (laughs) You can believe it's a song of that zeitgeist, and they yeah. just that yeah. I love when they put the food down, and he's like, "The dad's like, what is this?" She goes, "It's it, it's veal parmesan." He's, like, she knows I hate this kind of stuff, and I'm like, "What Italian, Italian food? <laughs> Who hates Italian?" Yeah, that are you Italian? so backwoods that that's yeah. just too exotic for you? Yeah. Chicken parm, just a, veal parm, just a steak and potatoes kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So they are setting up this camping trip, and this is where we get the the girls. They think that um, they're not quite getting their way. Like, they haven't fallen in love yet. So they are going to pass themselves off of, you don't know which twin you're looking at. Which I would think parents would parents of twins would know which one they're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although they haven't spent extended amounts of time. With, like, either child, so maybe... But you'd know the one that wasn't the one that you've had for the past 11 years. And there's a weird moment when she 
she shoes what she calls Sharon up the stairs, the way that be- character behaves, I believe that is Sharon because right. she's ready to go. She reacts so quickly to the name. But then she says, you, Susan, sa- or the one I think is Susan, says, you don't really know, do you? And I guess at that point, you're taking a big risk no matter what you do. <laughs> Just take yeah. either kid. Yeah, exactly. Like you'll you'll work it out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we wouldn't get the fun camping stuff because they go camping with Joanna Barnes. So at first, Maureen uh, O'Hara is going to go with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, she, it's crazy that she, like, she's got a plan of her own. She kind of talks her way out of it, and she knows that if she gets this woman out on this camping trip with her, with him, that it's going to crack her. Yeah. She knows the girls are going mm-hmm. to know exactly what to do. It's really a <laughs> cunning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, because, I mean... What we find out is that, you know, she doesn't she never really uh, connected that well with Susan. And now that there's two of them, she's even more like, oh, well, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And the girls pull more of their classic pranks Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, throughout the trip. I just love um, I mean, they do the the thing about um, the 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 little lake being not that deep and yeah, just standing the, on her standing the, on her shoulders. You get that cool shot of the fish. I was yeah. gonna say that, that cool <laughs> underwater shot of Haley Mills. That is such a fun shot mm-hmm. of the fish going and her holding her breath. I love yeah. that. Love old old movie underwater stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Mr. Limpet. It's just oh, wild. Love, <laughs> love the incredible Mr. Limpet. Um but the big prank the final prank in uh her tent yeah again you know she must have taken an ambient with her franzia because she sleeps through Mm -hmm. she must have taken a pretty big horse tranquilizer (laughs) and she probably has horse tranquilizers Mm -hmm. that character Yeah. yeah but i like that she wakes up to bears these little bear cubs two actual bears eating the honey off her feet and the dad is just like, oh, they're just bears, or no, the like, like the ranch hands. Yeah, they're pretty much just like, like wild dogs. They, they won't hurt you. They can't hurt you. I'd freak out. I'd totally freak out. If I, I mean, it's out. not the cubs that you should be afraid of. Yeah. It's their mom, which is probably very, very close. Um, this is the last straw. She like starts destroying. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus in the marketplace. Yeah, she's upturning tables. These old-fashioned Coleman camping equipment. Yeah. It's like straight up uh, last episode of season one of New Jersey Housewives. <laughs> Looking tables. <laughs> Prostitution whore. She's turned full oh, man. Teresa. Uh, and this is when she straight up <laughs> slaps a child that is not hers. Yeah. I mean, that also seems like a very, like, early 60s type of thing is uh, manhandling children that aren't yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way she does it, like, she's so angry that her full-on mid-Atlantic accent comes out. Yes. You give your sister her half of this. <laughs> you share everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that slap is just like, oh, my God. And he comes running out, and he's just like, hey, all right, that's uncalled for. Yeah. 
And the funny thing is, Mitch just says, hey, they didn't do anything to you. Like, I would be. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would unleash if oh, somebody yeah. did that to my kid. Exactly. Even if it's a girl, a woman that you're, you know, is your fiance, whatever. It's just like, wait a minute here. That's that's a line. Here. That's way too far. Yeah. and he, But yeah, you're right. He's just like, hey, take it easy. so this last portion of the movie it's one of those things that it's very much of the time of that like the last act of this movie it pretty much all takes place in the kitchen Mm -hmm. it's just this last scene. it's just this last scene and the movie's done (laughs) in that beautiful kitchen so uh yeah yeah Yeah. and she's barefoot i love that i did notice that when she gets on the ladder i think you can see it right yeah um, but this this is a scene that I was talking about earlier where it's like their chemistry together. She's very cute with, you know, how she's, mm-hmm. you know, how they're talking about things. I, I like this scene a lot, but it's funny because I'm not super familiar with the beats of the movie. So as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay. Um, you think that there's going to be like another scene of the movie. Yeah. Right. Like they're going to be like, she's going to be off to the airport and he's going to come after her or something. Right. Which is seems to be a more later uh, later in the century trope than yes <laughs> than there yes exactly <laughs> but they just just cuts right to wedding bells yeah but um but yeah it's a it's it's a good scene it it ends on you know on the parents but I mean it, it really ends on the girls but the 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 last scene in the kitchen is is right. in between the adults did you catch the two times that Marina O'Hara snorts <laughs> no <laughs> during when he has the red wine. And he makes some comment and she laughs, giggles, and says, you hear it really slightly. <laughs> and then there's a point when he, they fumble for the, she fumbles for the glass from him that he's giving her. And it's a very cute moment. It's very physical, like realistically based. Oh, I'm trying to reach it. Oh, this is funny. Mm. But she snorts. It's really quiet, <laughs> but they didn't cut it out. They didn't edit it out. Yeah. Rainy O'Hara is so beautiful. She can carry a snort. Yeah. It's not like a, <laughs> not like a miscongeniality. <laughs> snort it's yeah. just it's just a little it is so funny to me <laughs> i love that ever since i was a kid i think Marino o'hara is one of those hollywood actresses that was never oscar nominated let me double check that i don't think she ever got a nomination at all not for the one that she did with um john candy only the lonely was she nominated for that oh my goodness she should have been i thought she was brilliant in that I no about that was movie. never globe or oscar nominated oh wow so she's in a very like exclusive club of yeah Hollywood stars that never were recognized, mm-hmm. right? I feel like she only died in like 2015, so she was alive up until like five years ago. Yeah, it was fairly recent, mm-hmm. and very actively interviewing about stuff. Whenever yeah. she was called upon, she would talk about Hollywood. She'd probably do a lot of interviews talking about her relationship with John Wayne because I think yeah. they were pretty close. They're very close friends. From appears to be they were really just friends and but very mm-hmm. close. Yeah. Do we want to talk a little bit about Haley Mills's career after this movie? Because I think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Just because, I, th- I mean, this is a girl that was growing up on screen. I mean, she did these movies when she was 13, 14 years old, just sort of becoming a woman. And you just sort of have to navigate your way through that when in the spotlight. Because, I mean, she was like a household name after the right. release of this movie. And if you... To get a full picture of her her rise, if you've ever seen Tiger Bay, the movie that she did that brought her to the attention of Walt Disney, she's 
I thought she was amazing in it. And it's easy to see why Walt Disney said, I want to know that girl. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you seen that? It's no, I haven't. I got it a long time ago when net on Netflix, the DVD, the actual DVD. Sure. And she does a brilliant performance. I think she's like 12, 11 wow. or 12. And she's fantastic. How many movies did she do with Disney? Six. Six. Okay. So she did this. She did The Parent Trap, Pollyanna, That Darn Cat, Summer Magic. Um, what else am I missing? There's, is it Castaways? Okay. Yeah. And then there was one called The Moon Spinners, but I don't know if that was Dis- I don't think that was Dis- Disney. And yeah, I don't think that Trouble with Angels was uh, – it was probably like Warner Brothers or something. And that was her kind of doing her version of like Superbad or like Bridesmaids. <laughs> it was her like having fun. And just sort of doing kind of a silly teenager movie. Yeah. And it still sort of pretty much felt out for close yeah. to the Disney feel. I think Ida Lupino directing that. And it was very much a heartwarming movie. Who plays the, who plays the head nun in that movie? Is it Rosalind Russell? Yeah, Rosalind Russell. And so interesting. We were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. But... Haley Mills got into a relationship with, like, a 50-year-old man when she was, like, 20 years old. Yeah. And she married him. I want to say that she, like, broke up a marriage, right? I, I, I think you're right. And she also did a movie, and I don't know if it was a movie he directed. I can't remember. But where she appeared nude. Yes. And that was part of her mm-hmm. break away from her old image thing. Yeah. And yeah, she had a, a wild period, which seems funny because when you see her now and she talks, she seems fairly staid and genteel, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. she had a wild period there. Mm-hmm. Or at least trying to express herself, period. I and I know that right. she did right. struggle with bulimia. Too. Oh, I didn't know that, really. Yeah, so she did have like an eating disorder, like a lot of young Hollywood actresses. She had body image issues. So yeah, I mean, things weren't exactly perfect for her behind the scenes. She was going through it like every young person was at that time of their life. And then she, I believe married another guy, had kids. And then she, uh, married a third guy in 97 who she's still married to. And he's like 20 years younger than her. Oh, wow. She, um, she, she, uh, I remember she would appear in people magazine here and there when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like a, where are they now? Where are they now kind of thing? What's she doing now? And then, you know, she, she did the requisite love boats and all those things. <laughs> she probably worked around yeah. in the 80s because she did uh, the Parent Trap sequel that was made for the Disney Channel in, like, probably 85. Which and I then, did watch. And then she did <laughs> Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And Good Morning, Miss Bliss was uh, what they retooled Say by the Bell from. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen a few episodes of that. And it's, it's nice. Sweet. It's sweet. It's very different from like Saved by the Bell. It's a totally different energy. They were going for more of a after school special type sitcom of these kids' relationships or their relationship with their teacher because she's very much like sort of inspiring young minds. Yeah, I, to- I totally get the retooling. I totally get why they retooled it. Yeah. yeah. But even in that performance, she's very, um, it's very wholesome. And- yes. For me as a kid, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's Pollyanna. That's the girl from The Parent Trap, all grown up. And she played she played it, you know, uh, a very wholesome uh, performance. Um, so there were two Parent Trap sequels in the 80s that were direct to the Disney Channel. 
I um, haven't seen three. I did oh, watch okay. two. Do you it, remember any of it? I will say it is a masterwork of uninspired production value <laughs> and direction and performance. Although I will say she has a few moments where it looks like she's almost having fun, but the direction doesn't quite capture it. <laughs> It, it's it's such a low budget video nice. movie entry that it doesn't seem to belong in the franchise at all. Right. Sure. Well, this is also the era. I mean, much like today, people forget that in the 80s, there were reboots mm-hmm. galore. There was Brady Bunch, Leave it to Beaver, you know, Munsters, all those shows. There was a Lucy sitcom. Yeah. In the very early 80s. All those shows had reboots and remakes. Um, and so this they're probably just capitalizing on that and making it made for television, made for the Disney Channel. The Disney Channel was, was very new. new at the time, so they just wanted properties to expand. Yeah. So to just make something on the cheap and make some money off of it was probably, you know, first order of business for these studios. So. I understand it did very yeah. well, too. So, you know, more power to them. Who am I? Yeah. It's probably how she got. Miss Bliss, just based on that, like, hey, mm-hmm. she's she's still you know viable. She's, she's working. Yeah, um, I remember the advertisements for them, and I remember just that period of of remakes and being kind of fascinated with them. Yeah, I preferred Very Brady Christmas. I love it. I, I just watched that like a few months ago. <laughs> Isn't it just glorious? It's pretty it's wild. Insanity. <laughs> we could we could cover it on this show for a Christmas episode. The eventually. closer time capsule and the way that they revamped the Brady House into that eighties pastel. Oh fantasy. my god! Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like the old house, but with shoulder pads and yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All the furniture and the, oh, beautiful. But that's another episode. <laughs> what kind of a director or TV? Is gonna bring Haley Mills out of retirement. She needs. I don't know. She needs to get on like a Ryan Murphy show or something. Yeah, be kind of a, like a funny stunt cast for like a Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> Would be I'd love Haley to see Mills. her do something that doesn't um, trade on what she's known for, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I, I still think she's got acting ability. Um, she just has always been doing those roles that don't re- require something deep from. The audience, I'll say. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we'll see. You never know. Yeah. Somebody could, somebody could write something for her. Mm-hmm. We and her sister I knew from The Nanny and the Professor I grew up with, Julia. I forget about the sister. She comes from an acting, she comes from an acting family because yeah. her parents are actors. A dynasty. Mm-hmm. Love an acting dynasty. And the sister... Married Maxwell Caulfield. Yes. <laughs> oh, sure. And she's way older than him. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's they're right. still together, aren't they? I think, I I think, think they so. Are. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Love it. <laughs> that was a big scandal at the Good time. Good for the sister was, for like oh snagging that piece. That yeah. was big. Yeah, I remember. When, and when he came on the scene, everybody was like, look at that guy. Who's that guy? Mm-hmm. He's, he's such a nice looking man. But yeah. I, I love the whole Mills family, and John Mills plays the butler in uh, the Chalk Garden that I mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. he's in Tiger Bay as well. He's, he's oh, okay. a fantastic actor. Great expectations, I mean. Wow. Does he plays Pip's dad in Great Expectations? He plays Pip's friend, doesn't he? I, I think. Oh, okay. They're the same age. It's, it's him and Alec Guinness. Are the, oh, okay. that, I can't remember his name in the Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Movie. Wow. 
Yeah, who knew? Well, this has Hate been so much fun. I love yeah. this movie. And like I said, one of those movies that whenever it's on TV, I will sit down and watch the almost two and a half hour runtime of this movie. And I feel like it flies by. It does. Yeah. And no disrespect to the Lindsay Lohan one. I think it's fine. I was a kid when it came out. I was probably around like 12 years old when it came out. I remember seeing it in the theater, but just sitting in the theater, just thinking, it's not as good as the Haley Mills movie. <laughs> I was one of those kids. And I've never, like, I totally get uh, people my age and their affection for it, but I've never quite had it. Right. I was always all about the original. And I was 32. When the Lindsay Lohan version came out and I sat in a theater with my best friend and I had also just gotten sober. So this is really weird. So the parent trap, which was a huge part of my whole development and then seeing this new version sober when my mind's all whacked out on what is up. Everything was like, what is happening? Oh, she's Maureen O'Hara now. Oh, she's, you know, it was so wild. Like, it was wow. so weird to see my childhood reissued in front of me with a yeah. new set of glasses, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a trip. Yeah, I mean, this this movie's it's a classic for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on yes. the show. Thanks. Thank you. I, I I love and to say to be able to say to a a couple of guys this is a movie that makes me cry at the drop of a hat you know, <laughs> in, in a podcast that's called Movies That Made Us Gay is so liberating. <laughs> so yeah. thank, thank you both of you for for doing. Oh, that. you're welcome. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'd love to have you back on sometime. Love it for another episode. But um, in the meantime, it's probably time to say good evening. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Thanks. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Pete, did yes. you notice who commented on our last Clueless post as we were recording this I episode? I did. We got a notification that one Amy Heckerling liked and commented on our Clueless she post. She gave us... Um, rainbow hearts that's so that's so sweet i love amy heckerling oh my god and i have already (laughs) pre-ordered the fast times of ridgemont high criterion that is coming out this summer i've already pre-ordered it fun Mm -hmm. that's exciting well amy heckerling we love you we love clueless we love your work thank you so much for commenting you should listen to the show and thank you for listening (laughs) it's been a fun episode yes first episode of march isn't that crazy (sighs) march Mm -hmm. wow this year it's flying by yeah thanks so much for listening everybody we would love it if you would rate and review our give us five show. stars head over to apple Podcasts. give us five stars give us a great rate uh, great review helps with those mysterious apple algorithms helps us uh mm-hmm. helps, helps us, us get, get visible yeah helps us get visible when people search through apple Podcasts and look for something to uh something to listen to but um we are on Social media, Instagram, and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. We're also on Twitter. At MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. I am Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And I'm Scott Youngbauer on Facebook, Scott Youngbauer on Instagram, and Oscar Scott on Twitter, and just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for listening, and until next week... Bye. Bye.